welcome to another episode of the Punt Return Podcast. I'm Josh Y. As always, I'm joined by Nick Splitter and Nick. Then there were two, the best quarterback of all time against the most decorated quarterback of all time. It's the final podcast of the season, the pandemic season. We've made it. How are you feeling, mate? Yeah, good. It's another another early morning episode for us, but uh, we finally made it. Yeah. We weren't sure we weren't sure we were going to get this far, but uh, we've done it, and uh, we've done a podcast most weeks, so we've done it too. And uh, yep, here we go. I think we had one sort of two week break around the Christmas New Year, um, yeah. so that was our that was our fourteen day quarantine section <laughs> of the, of the right. pandemic. So uh, <laughs> social distancing. That, yeah, that was it. Um, Let's let's get straight into it. Obviously, we'll we'll get to the Super Bowl in a minute, but I mean, it's been a couple of weeks since we've last recorded, um, and a lot's happened. Mostly, not involving the Chiefs and the Bucks, and um, I think the, the first one for me is is to look at the uh, Matthew Stafford Jared Goff trade between Detroit and uh, the Rams, and for me, I, I kind of like what the Rams are doing. I like that they. They go all in every year, um, but in, when you look at what they've done with Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford in the entirety, I think they need to make the Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl for this mm. trade to be worthwhile. I feel like it's a boom or bust trade for them, um, but on the other side, I think it's quite shrewd business by the Lions because Stafford was leaving anyway. They, they're going into the tank a little bit. They get the extra pick for, for taking on the Jared Goff contract. I think that's a, a good decision by the Lions. Yeah, I think it's a good deal for both sides. I mean, Matt Stafford is a major upgrade on on Jared Goff from the last couple of years anyway. I mean, he he had some very good years previously, but Jared Goff and and the quarterback position was the weak link in in the Rams' offense and actually was the weak link in their entire lineup, in their entire squad. And I think this move puts them squarely in the NFC Championship and and Super Bowl contention in 2021 and 22. Obviously, the Lions get the picks and, and they get a transition quarterback who has the potential to be an above-average starter again in the NFL. Like I said, his, his 2017-18 seasons were very good. And if he can recapture even close to that in a in a new environment, then Detroit are in a good position to now start their rebuild and their retool. And if it doesn't work for the Rams, well, they gambled. But I think they made the right move. It was the weak link. They've now solidified that weak link in, in their lineup. If they don't win a title in, in two years with Stafford, then they've got assets to move to get back into the draft and, and retool quickly. There's... Plenty of guys on that on that defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball. You look at some of the receivers and, and the talent that they've got there that they can move some move some players around and and they can probably get back into the drafts. So you know they can retool pretty quickly and, and they're a pretty decent franchise. We've we've seen, like you said, they they gamble, they gamble hard, and they go all in. Um, and if if they have to to retool again, then they'll probably do the same thing. Yeah, exactly right. And and the Rams sort of don't have a first round pick for, for it's like years, four years or something. Jared Goff was their last one <laughs> and and but I kinda like it like establishing a a, a instead of using a, a first round pick on an unknown entity, they're using it on a known entity on a player that we know is good, you know, Jalen Ramsey and we know is is valuable, you know, Matthew Stafford. So um obviously you need to pay them a lot more than you pay a rookie and that, that changes things a little bit. But the way that they they use their defense and, and they're, they're more content sort of picking four or five players in, in rounds three to five in the draft rather than picking and throwing a dart in the, in the first round, especially in the late first round. So 
Um, and that's also what you've got to factor in with this trade as well, that the Rams, you know, draft picks are going to be in the, the late 20s, early 30s. So um, they're not a, they're not worth as much. So um, I think it's I think it's good. I'm keen to see how this works. Uh, I think it's a great marriage. Stafford, I think Sean McVay is Stafford's best weapon he's had in his career since Calvin Johnson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, the, the Rams have this, this ability to plug the holes in, in their roster, and, and this was a big hole that needed plugging, and they've done it again. You know, they did it with, with Jalen Ramsey, you mentioned before, and, and they've done it a few times over the last few years. Um, and, you know, they keep they keep putting themselves in a position to contend. And, as you know, if you're a fan of the Rams, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, exactly. Um, any any other QB stuff in the last couple of weeks? Well, I mean... Your radar? Yeah, I, mean, I just, just had a thought that by not even coming to the, the trade table for Matt Stafford, that New Orleans have, have put the advantage squarely in Jameis Winston's corner for, for the Saints starting quarterback next season. I know that they, they won games with Taysom Hill at quarterback when Drew Brees was out this season and they won obviously without Drew Brees last season as well. But let's let's be real. To steal a quote from the, the always opulent Joshua Y, Taysom Hill ain't it at quarterback. And I think they've got to know that. Everybody else knows that. And it seems like they didn't they didn't make a play at the guy that that you know could have been a, a very good replacement for Drew Brees in, in Matt Stafford, and uh, I think that that gives that gives James Winston the advantage. Mm, oh, I mean, I I love that you're quoting me, but when you look at their <laughs> when you look at their salary cap situation, I think that kind of hindered them a little bit in the the Matthew Stafford you know, uh, sweepstakes. And, but then when you also look at their salary cap, the reason they're in that mess a little bit is that they paid Taysom Hill a bunch of cash. So I do think he he will be the starting quarterback um, week one potentially. But um, I agree. I think Jameis Winston's in a great spot. I do think they run it back with him. But I do think, you know, Taysom Hill may start week one. But guess who's finishing the season at QB? It's going to be Jameis Winston. I just, I mean, I just can't he was the best it. Saints... He's the best quarterback, the Saints quarterback in the playoffs this this year. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But uh, yeah, I just can't. I just can't see them sticking with Taysom there. And, and like you said, maybe it is. It's a matter of them starting with him and, and then finishing with Jameis. But yeah, I just I, I don't think he showed anything. And, and the fact that they paid him doesn't mean that they still can't trade him or still use him as that really versatile, valuable utility uh, that they have in previous years. Yeah, it's. It's a tough one. Um, it is. It is a hard one. It's just a mess at the moment, and yet the way that sort of the way that finished um, for the Bucks, they, they definitely wants you know um, a, a solid quarterback. They don't want question marks um, mm. after the way it's gets cost them the last couple of years. Is a declining arm, um, and, and Winston does, definitely does not like uh, does not like arm. No, or all the balls to, to make a big play either. You know, I think yeah. one of the things that, you know, that, that Taysom showed that he's very safe. You know, he didn't, didn't yep. turn the ball over, but he also didn't do a lot with it. So, you know, there's, there's a, a risk-reward balance that you've got to find there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Saints cap situation, I just checked, is an absolute mess. So, um, you know, they went all in to, to win the Super Bowl this year, and the fact that they're not in it, it is... Uh, it's disappointing if you're a Saints fan because you know they have an amazing roster and it's probably about to get a big 
get a big shake up in a big way. So yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't think they're the only one as well because you know we're we're only one down with with Matt Stafford done, but that quarterback carousel is just beginning. We've got Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Jimmy G, even guys Sam Darnold, Drew Lock, Cam Newton, obviously Teddy Bridgewater, maybe all on the block, and and maybe even more becoming available post the Super Bowl. You've got to factor in Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and and Zach Wilson at least coming in as, as top 10 draft picks, vying for a starting gig next season. And and this could be the biggest kind of seismic shift in the quarterback landscape that we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, one name you didn't you didn't mention as well is Derek Carr is potentially sure. someone that uh, the, the Raiders are potentially looking to, to move on for. And, and there's talks that so the, the Texans and Raiders will be involved in a trade and when you, if that does go ahead you look at just the AFC West having Justin Herbert Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and that might be the best quarterback division of all time it's crazy um, it's crazy it is absolutely nuts and yeah it is going to be fascinating to see what what happens here um you know Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones were confirmed by the Falcons as they're not going anywhere which generally doesn't mean much in the NFL because when you say someone's not going anywhere or not on your radar, that generally means you're thinking the opposite. <laughs> Especially um, when you've got a new head coach and a new general manager as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and a pick pick number four in the NFL draft. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fascinating one. And um, there was also a brief, brief murmur of Andrew Luck coming out of retirement, which was from an absolute farcical source. And <laughs> it gave me just a small, tiny amount of hope before I, clicked on the tweet and realized that this is completely fake and um, I was very upset again. Um, so yeah, it's, it is an interesting one. Uh, there's talk Sam Darnold will be worth a late first round pick. I don't buy that at all. That's his agent putting that out there for sure. Yeah. Um, right. When you look at the, what he's done in the NFL, he's not worth that. You know, Adam Gase or, or, or not, he's, he's, he's not worth that as all. Well. I, I think of those QBs, I think Darnold is, someone I'd probably swing for the fences for for a third or fourth round pick if, if I'm a team that needs a needs a quarterback and, and if I'm the Carolina Panthers I'm selling the I'm selling the farm for Deshaun Watson because I think with you know, with their coaching staff young defense and their weapons I think Deshaun Watson makes them a contender in the NFC if, if they can somehow land him uh, well I think almost anyone that anyone that lands Deshaun Watson becomes a contender he's just that good yep. it's not often you get a guy that good available and and I think there'll be a I think there'll be a, a yeah a massive pay packet coming for for Houston yeah definitely and that's going to be the probably the most fascinating story of the of the season is because if the Texans don't move on for him what does Deshaun Watson do because you know you you can't really sit out an entire season you know you 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 got to play to make to make bank and you know, losing a year in your prime to, to beef up your legacy and your resume is probably something on Deshaun Watson's mind as well. Well, Brett Favre just basically told him to shut up and dribble, didn't he? Just yeah. Stop I talking mean, and get in play. I mean, Brett Favre should really look <laughs> in the mirror. I mean, honestly, how fucking dumb is he? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's he needs to get out, then, out of the media, I think, out of anything that has a digital connotation with it because he's been in trouble with uh, with other digital medias and, and such. Yeah. So. <laughs> probably stay away from anything with a screen or a camera. So, yeah, that was <laughs> that was the second dumbest thing he said as well. He said the Jags should pass on Trevor Lawrence and take Devonta Smith. I mean, <laughs> mind-numbingly fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Final takeaway before we get into results and, and the Super Bowl. Uh, for me, I think when you look at this, you know, this game and, and everything, and 
and what you know these teams have brought. I think the Packers, you, you look at you look at their draft. I think they're in the Super Bowl if if they drafted players that could make an immediate impact. You know, like Antone Winfield, who plays for, for the Bucks in that secondary and that young, amazing secondary. Um, Jeremy Chin, who, who was that safety linebacker hybrid for for the Panthers that had a, a massive second half to the season. You know, if they drafted players like that, or even a wide receiver like a Michael Pittman or, or Lavishka Chanel or anything like that, instead of Jordan Love and AJ Dillon, I think you're talking about the Packers in the Super Bowl. You know, it's a game of of inches and it's a game of you know percentages. And I think you know having a, a, a rookie, a couple of rookies that make first round impacts as as starters, you know, it's it just shifts that percentage in your favor a little bit. You know, because for the for the Bucs, it did. I mean, Tristan Wirth starting, you know, on that offensive line, and he's keeping Tom Brady protected and upright, and it and it helped them win game. Antonio Winfield, you know, didn't play in the NFC Championship game, but you know, he made plays for the Bucs in, in the playoffs. And I just think if you're the Packers, you have to just be absolutely kicking yourselves. Like, why did we draft a running back in a QB when we already had one? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers this season. He's the probable MVP. It looks like he could go on for another decade. You, you watch Tom Brady, you look at Aaron Rodgers. You know, the, the quality in terms of quarterback play is so far advanced in terms of the, the Rodgers side of the field. Um, he, could, he could go on for, for years. So unless something really drastic happens in, in Green Bay, that Jordan Love pick looks like a huge waste of a pick and a waste of talent that could be better utilised elsewhere. And the same goes for... For AJ Dillon as well, when you've got Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, why are you selecting a running back so early? Like yeah. you said, when when you're when you're looking at contending and, and wanting to be a, a championship team, then you've got to make every one of those 0.1% picks count. And you know, with those two picks, the Packers could have stacked their defensive side of the, the field with elite talent where they're lacking. We know that that's where they've lacked for so long, and that's the difference between a Super Bowl in 2020 and not. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it's not necessarily, you know, not looking at the future as well. I understand that. But, I mean, they didn't have any any rookie really make any impact in the playoffs apart from A.J. Dillon, who played actual snaps. Um, but apart from that, I mean, they just wasted a draft. And, and I think, look, A.J. Dillon looks like he's going to be a good player and everything. So this I might look like an idiot here. But still, I just think that they needed to, to pick players that had an immediate impact because it, it mm-hmm. does – potentially look like Aaron Jones might 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 move on and and they stick with Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon um, going forward. So uh it is interesting but you know when you when you're the Packers and you and you're staring at another NFC defeat, you know, uh, you just kind of pull your hair out. But at the same time, I mean, they probably win that game if they rightly call a, a defensive pass interference or a holding call late in the first half there that kind of completely flipped the game because the Bucks scored with seven or eight seconds left because they got the ball back because that DPI led to a Rogers interception. And, um, you know, just a call like that kind of changed the entire complexity of the game. Well, I mean, they got very close and you just wonder, like, had they, had they hit on one or two of those, those picks, then, you know, how different yeah. it would have been. It's, it's, it really can be that simple. Yeah, exactly. Um, any final any final things before we move on to, to results and, 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 and ahead to Super Bowl uh, 55? Well, it is it is Super Bowl week, so I just wanted to ask you, you you've seen a, a few a few very good Super Bowl victories, so what's, what's your favourite Super Bowl memory? 
my favourite Super Bowl memory is the Colts' victory over the Bears, paired with Prince in the halftime mm. show. I mean, it's cool. I mean, Peyton Manning lifting a trophy and, and Prince lifting his guitar. I mean, is there <laughs> is there two better people in their trade than those two? Not not really. I mean, it's a it's a great combo. I mean, you got the Prince and the Sheriff. It's uh, that's probably my favourite. Super Bowl memory, um, and you know, on a personal note, probably the first the first Lunar Bowl that we hosted in Sydney that at Lunar Park, which was uh, an immense success for for Woot and I as as part of the show, and that was an idea that we had and took it to Lunar Park, and um, unfortunately, it's not on this year because of COVID and everything, but and that that might be the the death knell. But we had a good sort of five year run with it, and um, it was a it was a fun time. What about yourself? I think yeah, I think one guess. I think you can probably guess it. Is you know, Philly Philly is, is definitely up there in terms of the, the greatest football memories that, that I've got. But I, I, again, on a, a personal note, and it's not quite a Super Bowl memory, but I was in New Orleans for for Week One, the the following season after they won the Super Bowl, and I'm, I know that's not a great memory for you, but um, that Week One, that week in New Orleans was an incredible week. Um, and it just highlighted how, you know, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, how important that team was to that city at the time and, and has become. So, um, yeah, there's a couple there, but, uh, yeah, you can't go past Nick Foles and Philly Philly. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to mention that game, but I knew you were going to bring it up, but that was probably the best Lunar Bowl too because it was, like, it was immense. There was, like, as as most listeners know here, um, Aussie listeners know the Pats are, are the most followed team in Australia by a long shot, and the entire room was pretty much split uh, at the Lunar Bowl in terms of Patriots fans, and, and then everyone just rooting against the Patriots. <laughs> and um, you know, it was just it was just blow for blow, score for score, and every every point was just an eruption. And it was, um, yeah, it was it was definitely something I'll never forget, to be honest, because it was. It was crazy, and uh, God bless Big Dick Nick. So. <laughs> it was just—it was just one of those games, wasn't it? Every time yeah. the Pats scored, it's like, well, surely Foles can't do it again. Surely yeah. the Eagles can't just do it again, and then they do it again. Hit. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, those those final two minutes were were nail biting, but they were, it was amazing. And it is funny that's you know I was just waiting and waiting and waiting for something you know bad luck or, or Brady's luck to kick in, and he get the he get the break that he needed, and it is quite funny that that's his best Super Bowl and that's the game that's not a win for him. I mean, he... He did put up an incredible game. It was... It's it's his easily his best postseason of his career and, and he it's the one he didn't win a ring on. It's... That's what I find funny is everyone just talks about the rings but I mean, even the Super Bowl, the, the playoff season that he he lost, he didn't win. He's, he's, he's actually per numbers his best postseason. So, um, it's a funny old game, uh, the NFL, especially the playoffs. Um, all right, Results. I mean, conference weekend was it was a fill up for us. I mean, it was it was a great great weekend of of, of results. Uh, our lock of the week: Tampa Bay, Green Bay, over fifty one. Uh, that lobbed, and, and we're two and zero now on, on the postseason locks for, for the show. We didn't have one uh, in the wild card week, so we just did divisional and conference, and it and it worked for us. So we sat sat out the right week and. Um, I went two and one on my best bets. I also nabbed a log shot with Kelsey finding the end zone and, and having a hundred plus yards at about three dollars or, or so. So um, that was a that was a very good week for me. And as someone with a, with a Tampa Bay forty one dollar futures as well, getting them in the Super Bowl meant that I could play this game pretty much however I like. So it's it's it was a good weekend. And you yeah, were, you were perfect. Well, yeah, on on best on best bets went three and zip. 
just missed out on a, on a couple of those long shots, but yeah, was, uh, those those were no good in the end. Just missed out, but it, yeah, I'm still pretty happy with that that three and zip week, and it was it was very profitable. Yeah, I mean, you got me on the total. I thought for a while there I was okay, but then the Bills kind of got some garbage time touchdowns, and mm. um, and the Chiefs uh, kept kept putting points on the board. I mean, getting the the, the punt return, uh, the the muffed punt at the three sort of. Mm. Stuff the, <laughs> the under ticket from the get-go because I'm like, oh, well, the Chiefs are down 9-0 now. It's just going to be high octane and, and passing. So um, that's fine. Happy to lose because it was a fun game and the Chiefs, the Chiefs went nuts. We, we didn't really talk about the Bills and, and where to from here, but um, like it's it's not as deflating as, as the Packers lost, I think, because um, the Bills, I, think, I don't think they overachieved, but I think they're just humming quite nicely and, and basically – what they need to do to, to go one better next year is just, you know, find the right game plan and, and catch Mahomes on a bad day because that's pretty much all it takes. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they're just they're just, you know, earlier in their in their journey than the, the Packers. And that's why for, for Packers fans it would be so deflating because you know they they've been in that contender mode for for a couple of years now. Um, the Bills, you know, were off the back of their defense were very hard to beat in previous years, but this year they became a, a legitimate contender. And uh, yep. I think they've they've got a few more years in, in in their window. So yeah, I think they've had a great year. I think as a, as a Bills fan, you'd have to be pretty happy, um, and you know, plenty to look forward to. Yeah, great organization, good head coach, good GM. Um, you know, one of the best combos in the league. So um, they're going to be around for for a long while. And, and it's just unfortunate for you know for Bills, Ravens, you know Colts fans. You, you've just got. You just got to deal with this Andy Reid Mahomes thing for the next <laughs> decade. After you just dealt with Belichick and Brady, you've got potentially exactly right. an, an even better version. <laughs> <laughs> Seems crazy. All right, let's um let's get Super straight Bowl. into it here. Super Bowl Fifty Five or Super Bowl LV um, for all those uh, Roman numeral heads out there. Um, few few nuggets about about the game before we get straight into it. Uh, favorites have accumulated a thirty five and nineteen straight-up record, that's 64.8% in Super Bowl history, and that number dips down to 51.9% when you pay attention um, to the numbers that to the number that matters for, for punters, and that's uh, the spread in the favourites are 27, 25, and 2 against the spread. So um, the, the bookies are, are getting the, the number right, and it's not necessarily the bookies when you've got the Super Bowl. There's such a large amount of money. The market is, is, is massive here, and it's probably the sharpest price and line for the season. Um, totals in the Super Bowl, in Super Bowl history, complete wash, uh, 26, 25, and 2. Um, there was no over-under in, in Super Bowl 1. Um, of the 53 Super Bowls, and I found this fascinating, and um, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, um, 27 from the AFC, 27 from the NFC. Do people care about conferences? Like, if you're an NFC fan, are you going to be rooting for the NFC? No, I mean, there are, there are certainly people that do. I think... More so, you know, in, in the states, obviously, than here. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, for, for for me personally, it makes no difference. Yeah, my team's not in it. Uh, I have a team that I would prefer, but it's not. It doesn't depend what conference or division they're from. Yeah, definitely. As long as it's not the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and even if it is a team within my division, like I'm rooting for the best story. And if it's you know, if it's if there's a really great story, then then I'll, I'll go for that team in my division. Not. It's a bit different for me because the AFC South is not really – there's no real rivalries. Everyone knows the Colts are the best team in that division, so that's not, 
Not a big point. Um, <laughs> um, this game will be the 14th time in Super Bowl history that we're getting a rematch from the regular season. Um, and if the thir- first 13 games are any indication, the Chiefs could be in for a fight. Um, in Week 12, the, the Chiefs defeated the, the Bucks 27-24. The team that won the regular season game has gone 6-7 and seven straight up in the Super Bowl rematch. And no AFC team has ever beaten an NFC team twice in one season. So that's something to interesting. To, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, then, doesn't mean anything, but interesting. It is interesting. Just uh, that's these are more nuggets. That's why I like to yeah. just put a bit before we look, before we look at the game. Um, as crucial as the number three is in football betting, it seems even more important in games involving the Chiefs. Four of Kansas City's last nine victories have come by three points or less, with three of them landing exactly on that number. Um, but the sheep, the Chiefs have been a goldmine for years when laying this short of a price. The 15-4-1 against the spread in their last 20 games as favourites of a field goal or less. Um, and then this game, you know, I'm, you know, I'm bringing the heat with uh, with some zebra stats here. But Carl uh, Schaefer's is officiating this one. Schaefer's famously adjudicated the uh, 28-3 Super Bowl win for for the, the New England Patriots and Schaefer's. He's the top underdog ref in the regular season, 11-4 and four against the spread in his 15 games for the underdog. Um, bodes well for the Bucs. Um, Schaefer's is tied with Bill Vinovich, Scott Novak, and Tony Cornett, and their crews as the second-best under referee with an over-under record of 5-10. and 10. So good for the under punters. And all-time, the Chiefs are 13-4 and four straight up, 12-5 and five against the spread, and 6-11 and 11 in over-under games with Schaefer's and the Bucs are Five and eight straight up, six and seven against the spread, and four and nine in over under um, in Schaefer's Schaefer games. That obviously includes you know the Bucks pre Tom Brady and and Bruce Arians and, and co. Um, so that's where we're at with uh, I like it. with Super Bowl Fifty Five. Any thoughts on any any of those nuggets? Oh, it makes some of those some of those uh, Schaefer's referee numbers make me feel good about a few of my picks. So I'm happy Ooh. with those. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, before we get into our thoughts on the game, you know, obviously Super Bowl 55 is Monday the 8th of Feb, 10.30am Australian Eastern Standard Time at Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay. And if you didn't know this by now, the Bucks are the first team in NFL history uh, to host uh, host a Super Bowl in their own stadium. I, I haven't seen that reported anywhere. Yeah. Also, appar- it- apparently a QB is 43 years old. Ah, yeah. Has he won something before, has he? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, um, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Um, obviously, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, the two teams. Kansas City, three, three-and-a-half-point favourites, depending on where you look. Flat three most places, but um, it's kind of juiced. So you can probably, you know, buy a half a point and get Tampa Bay plus three-and-a-half at around $1.80, $1.85 odds. Kansas City, $1.92 minus three. Money line, Kansas City, $1.60. Tampa Bay, $2.48. Um, and the over-under is hovering around 56. You get some 55 and a half, some 56 and a half, depending on where you shop around. I'll say this about a lot of our bets and, and things today is shop around for the best price because price mm. definitely matters um, and there's a lot on offer. So you just – I know it's probably excruciating to sit there and, and search through all the props, especially where some books have just got them in a massive list and it's confusing and 
and annoying, but get on the laptop, control effort, and 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 do your do your study. Absolutely, I mean it's it's how you find the best value, and and yeah. sometimes there can be big differences from bookmaker to bookmaker. Yeah, it is. It's it's quite stunning some of the price differences uh, out there for you know touchdowns and, and and player props and 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 all sorts of stuff. So um, yeah, it's good. There's plenty. There's plenty on offer. Um, in this one, all right. Let's um, let's get into the X's and O's of this game. And as I said, you know, the Bucks they lost in in the uh, Week Twelve matchup, twenty seven twenty four. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I think this game is pretty simple for me. I think it comes down to this: can the can the Bucks defense uh, do enough to slow down Patrick Mahomes? Because you physically you, you cannot stop him. I mean, it, it's it's pretty crazy that Mahomes is in his third year as a starter and he already has a better three year stretch when you look at the numbers than Brady and Rogers has ever had. I mean, it's, pr- it's pretty phenomenal. Like, you know, he's 44 and nine as a starter. He's 37 and one when the chiefs allow less than 30 points. He's 41 and three when the opponent doesn't have the ball for 35 or, or, or plus minutes in terms of um, uh, possession. He's 11, two and one against the spread as an underdog or a small favorite. He's 21 and four when, Kansas City doesn't score score first. That is phenomenal for me. Twenty one and four when they don't score first. It's amazing. And he's eleven and one even when his passing passer rating is under ninety. Um, <laughs> that's not just because he's playing on a great team. It's just because you know even oh he's playing on a great team. But even when he's playing bad by his standards, he's still a very 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 good quarterback. Um, the, it, it is, it you is. know what's amazing is that there are there are quarterbacks in the league who would who would love for their best quarterback play to be as good as Mahomes' worst quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw somewhere is if you took out Mahomes' worst sixteen games through the first three years of his career, he still would he'd still be like a top ten quarterback. It's <laughs> amazing, and that's and, yeah. You know what I reckon speaks volumes about him, though, is that he's been in the league for three years, but it feels like we've been talking about him for a decade because yeah. he's so good. We talk about him all the time. He's that good that he just dominates conversation. Yeah, and, you know, as I said at the top of the show, it's the best quarterback of all time against the most decorated quarterback of all time. And, look, sure, that's a, that's a little bit tongue-on-cheek on my part, but I, I honestly believe that Mahomes will will lead this, this game as the greatest quarterback of all time. And in terms of... Just pure, you know, throwing accolades and, and whatnot out of the out of the window. In terms of pure pinnacle of the sport, I mean, Mahomes. I, I was adamant that two thousand and four Peyton Manning would probably never be beaten, and then Aaron Rodgers had had his amazing season, and, and that was up there. And you could debate that, but now I think just Pat Mahomes is, over the last three years. I mean, it's just he's playing QB at a levels we've never seen, and it's 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 pretty nuts. And you know they're more likely to score on a on a drive than not score on a drive in in 2020. They had 160 drives, 85 of them they've scored on, 75 have been non-scoring. Um, he's had eight turnovers, six interceptions, two two fumbles, 11 drives have actually ended by a drop pass, or six fumbles by players not involving him. I mean, and there's also seven touchdowns lost on drops or penalties. I mean, it's. He's a cheat code, and, and I mentioned him being twenty-one and four when they they don't score first. Um, that's that's an you know eighty win percent, eighty percent win percentage. The NFL averages is close to to thirty-nine percent for, for QBs when they when their opponent don't score first. It, it, it's crazy. So look, if you, you, you can't stop him, you just got to slow him down. And and 
Mahomes did whatever he wanted in the first half against the Bucks. We remember that game. Tyreek Hill went, had 203 receive, receiving yards in the first quarter and the Chiefs went up 17-0. But the, the Bucks did an okay job at slowing them down in the second half. They limited them to just seven points and they, and they forced a turnover. Uh, Shaq Barrett um, made a play against Derek Fisher, forced a fumble that the Bucks, Bucks recovered and, and kind of gave them a slither of hope. And, um, and, and I think that's, that's definitely something that the Bucks will, will look at and, and use. And, and the reason I give the Bucks more of a chance in this one is that Chiefs are going to be in this game without both starting tackles. I mean, the, the off- offensive line will be a makeshift one, again, with a lot of guys playing out of position. It's bad timing against Todd Bowles and, and this defense that loves to blitz. And I think, you know, there's a lot of focus on on the wrong TB this, this postseason. It should be Todd Bowles' love, not Tom Brady love. Um, and I think Todd Bowles has been excellent. I mean, he's he, he was a failed head coach, but I think he's a fantastic defensive coordinator. And I think you really have to like the matchups here if, if you're the Bucks. I mean, you've got Shaq Barrett going against Mike Remmers. And J- JPP against Andrew Wiley. And Remmers famously gave up crucial sacks in the Super Bowl for Carolina against Denver. I know, you know, JPP and Shaq Barrett aren't Von Miller, but they're not slouches either. They're, they're, they're great players. And I think the Bucks are going to be able to apply adequate enough pressure with, you know, three or four guys, you know, meaning that they can drop guys into double coverage on Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. And they're going to need to because in, the, in their first matchup, I mean, picking up on linebackers, Mahomes was perfect. 17 of 17 for 143 yards. I mean, him and Kelsey were just in sync and it was just, they were just lighting them up. And I think that's definitely a crucial, crucial, crucial matchup there. And and I think that's definitely something that, um, especially with Mahomes' ankle, we don't know how, how mm. mobile he's going to be. But I mean, two weeks removed from that ankle, he, he seemed okay against the Bills from, from what I saw. He looked, yeah, he looked fine. I mean, there was there was a moment I think it was at the end of the first quarter where he looked out. He had a little bit of a limp or something, but I didn't notice it again for the rest of the game. So I think he's, I think he's okay. I think I saw a tweet and Mahomes quote tweeted it where someone's like, "Don't, don't believe Pat Mahomes when he does those little dad jogs in between plays or or running to celebrate a touchdown. Like he's a cold blooded killer. He's just he's just hustling you." And I thought that was pretty pretty funny because Mahomes retweeted it. Um, so <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Um, but I talked about Todd Bowles. I mean, this Bucks secondary and defense have been getting absolutely no love these playoffs. The focus has been on the load um, and the, the, the luckiest of all time. And Carlton Davis, you know, he shook off that Tyreek Hill embarrassment because he got absolutely destroyed. I mean, I would have retired after that game if I was Carlton Davis. But he's had a strong... You retired at quarter time. Yeah, exactly. I would have done a, a Vontae Davis. I used to hold my beer, Vontae. <laughs> but, you know, he's had a strong second half of the season. He held DeAndre Hopkins in check in, in week 16. And you've got young players like Sean Bunting Murphy's three straight games of the interception. Anton Winfield Jr.'s the, the D-Roy running, runner-up. You've got Devin White flying all over the field. This, this second half search has them fifth in weighted DVOA defense. And they've constantly given... The Bucks short field. Their average touchdown drive this postseason is just forty four point nine yards. You know they've, they've never really had to go anywhere. They're they're mostly starting in opponent territory on all of their touchdown drives, and that is a massive advantage when you you only have to go forty yards. I mean, you don't need to run as many plays. You can save those plays for for other drives. It's 
it's a huge advantage and, and they're just getting absolutely no love. Um, all right, other side of the ball, uh, the Bucks have an easier matchup here against the weighted DVOA defense that's 18th, but I do think that the defense is underrated a little bit and I think that's thanks to Steve Spagnolo, who famously took Tom Brady down in in the Super Bowl against the Giants. I mean, five sacks, it was it was a massive it was a massive performance from some Steve Spagnolo and um, he's he's kind of like a, a little bit of a kryptonite to uh, to Tom Brady. He's three and two um, against Tom Brady in the five games that they've played. And when you look at all his numbers together, um, he's he's had uh, eight touchdowns, four interceptions, and, and eighty and an eighty nine point two rating in, in those five games. And that gives him a worse completion percentage, um, worse touchdown to interception ratio, and worse passer rating than his career average. So Spagnuolo's kind of you know, being able to work Tom Brady out a little bit. So it's going to be fascinating to watch these these veterans. But I think the Achilles heel of this defense is in the red zone. And um, they've allowed the, the highest rate of touchdowns this season. And I've just mentioned how the Bucks have had short fields constantly. Um, and that's going to help them because if they only have to go 20 yards to get to, into the red zone, and then that's where the Chiefs are, are their worst at, um, that's going to help the Bucks massively. Um, they've got a fantastic O-line. They've kept Brady protected. They've opened up some lanes in the run game. And I really hate stats like this. I think James would be um, just cackling himself here after the chats we've had. But I do find this funny that, you know, of the nine teams to beat Mahomes, and he's only lost nine games in the NFL. Um, it's just crazy. Um, eight of them have, have rushed for at least 119 yards. And, and you know, that's, that's more, I think, a... a a ball control possession element rather than rushing the football. But um, I think there is an element there to that. And I think Kansas City are much better against the pass than they are against the run. They're 16th in DVOA against the pass, 31st against the run. And I think Rojo and Fournette have had a strong postseason. I think they could wear this defense down while keeping Mahomes off the field and, and, and applying some pressure to Mahomes, knowing that he needs to do more with less time. And um, I think that could be could be the avenue. That's that's um, a really interesting point, though, because you've been talking about Fournette and and kind of the pass catching role that, that he's had for the Bucks over the last few weeks, and and I think last week kind of showed perfectly how important Fournette was to that that game plan, even though he dropped a few. Um, yep. But it meant that he was he was always in the game, and they were going to use him in that in that way as well, not just yep. pounding the rock. Um, and yeah, if he if he hold on to those drops this week. It's, it's going to be really hard for the Chiefs to defend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I agree. And I've got a four-net play later on when we talk some player props. Um, there's a few other little factors here, but that was kind of the general gist of it for me and, and why I lean towards Tampa Bay. But the Bucks are going into this a lot healthier. Obviously, I just mentioned um, some injuries for, for the Chiefs, but Antonio Brown, Antonio Winfield Jr. back, they got Vitavia back for the conference game, and he'll be better for that run. And the Chiefs are down on the O line, and, and first round pick Willie Gay is is out. But you know, Sammy Watkins is also back. Uh, I found this interesting as well. Will, will the refs let them play? Will Schaefer's let them play? Um, because most net yards gained by defensive pass interference since two thousand and nine, the number one team to gain the most yards in the NFL since two thousand and nine on DPI is the twenty twenty Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, 365th on that list is the 2020 Chiefs. So, you know, if 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 these Bucks wide receivers force, you know, DPI, they're physical, they're tough to defend. You need to get a little bit handsy if 
if the refs are going to throw those flags, then the Bucks are definitely going to benefit the most here. Um, and I think that's definitely an underrated element. Um, eliminating big players. I mean, this is it for the for the, the Chiefs. You just got to eliminate big players. I mean, Super Bowl plays gaining thirty five plus yards on offense. Uh, a lot of these stats as well from Scott Kazma on on Twitter. He used to write for Football Outsiders. Um, very very good follow. Um, big big fan of his work. But um, big plays in the Super Bowl thirty five plus yards on offense. The Chiefs have had three, and and all of them came in the last seven minutes of, of Super Bowl last year. <laughs> Super Bowl 54. So three three players of 35-plus yards. The Patriots have had four in total in nine Super Bowls in the in the Brady-Belichick era. So that's that's pretty nuts. Um, and there was a stat going around that, that Jake Delholm's three touchdown passes have gone for more yardage than Tom Brady's 18 touchdown passes. I saw that. Yeah. It's amazing. So but it's, it's, I mean, nuts. it just goes to show how dangerous the Chiefs are in, in that yeah. position when they're – They've got the ball in, in Mahomes' hand. You look at the talent that, that he's got in front of him. You know, you only need you only need five seconds to, to make yep. a difference. Yep. Um and, and that's the thing, is is if the Chiefs win, it's gonna be Pat Mahomes just being Pat Mahomes. And if if the Bucks win, it's gonna take a full team mm. team to do it. And the, the the tag game manager gets thrown around a lot, but I mean it is it is a it is an art. I do think it is an art, and, and calling someone a, the best game manager of all time, people think it might be an insult. But I think Brady's really good at doing that. I think just making the right plays at the right time, and that's what you know. That, that's what makes him successful. He, he he won't have the best stats. He doesn't have the best stats. He doesn't have the best arm or the best talent. Um, but he's he's made made it work, and and I think that's going to be part of it. He doesn't need to make big plays himself, um, but they just need to slow down the slow down the Chiefs on the other side of the ball in terms of eliminating those big plays. Um, field position, this is it. Like, you, you really, if you want to if you want to beat the Bucs, you, you need them to have long drives. Um, in, in the 2020 playoffs, touchdown drives of 75-plus yards um, ending in a touchdown. The Chiefs have had six of seven. So they've been inside their, their 25 seven times, and six of them have resulted in a touchdown. The Bucs are 0 from, 0 from 10. I mean, it's... Um, it's pretty nuts, you know. In, in playoff games, average starting field position less than less than twenty five. Um, in, inside your own twenty five, Tom Brady's um, he's got a one and six record and only averages seventeen points per game. So you pin him in inside his own twenty five, make him go the length of the field. It's just not going to result in in points. Mahomes is is two and zero oh in, in games like that and averages thirty three points a game. <laughs> so um, it is it is nuts. Um, and then. Luck, you got to look at luck, and the advantage is the Bucks. They have the luckiest athlete to ever grace this planet, and that's that's Tom Brady. I mean, it's it's pretty hard when you look at a couple of stats here to not realize that Tom Brady is absolutely blessed. Um, Super Bowl record when leading an offense to thirteen or fewer points. Tom Brady's two and zero. Every other quarterback in NFL history, zero and twenty four. It blows my mind. Win-loss record in the playoffs when throwing three interceptions and having a passer rating of below, of 74 or below. Tom Brady's 3-1 and one with a 75% win rate. Every other quarterback since 1950, 15 wins, 115 losses for an 11.5% win percentage. Um, he's had two Super Bowl wins where he's led an offense to 13 points. He's won two Super Bowls when his opposing quarterback had a, a greater passer rating. Um he had four turnovers in 2004, one by three, and 2003 got outplayed by Jake Delhomme, 
and then the Panthers kicker kicked it out of the 40-yard, kicked it out out of bounds and gave them short field to, to get into field goal position. So, I mean, he's he's had a lot of luck. He's also had some bad luck, Eli Manning as well. Um, but I'm just it, – it is it is pretty – it is pretty nuts, and and I talked about the field position. He's only dealt with fifteen point nine percent of his playoff starts. Um, he's had um, games where his average starting field position is 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 inside his own twenty five. So that definitely, definitely, definitely helps. But yes, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay money line here. I know the last matchup wasn't as close as the scoreline suggested. Kansas City were up twenty seven two before the the late garbage touchdowns. But I'm not betting against whatever voodoo magic Tom Brady seems to find in the playoffs and always seems to gift him these improbable wins. Um, I just, I can't bet against it. I think he's made a deal with the devil or the powers that be and things just fall his way. I don't know what it is. It's it's one of the most fascinating careers in sport. Um, but please stop with the, is he the greatest athlete of all time? He's, he's not He's not ever the greatest athlete in any locker room he's ever been in. Um, it's just stick with the word sports person. He's not an athlete. Um, but I do think the voodoo luck's already started. Chiefs lost Eric Fisher. There's some sort of, COVID haircut conspiracy going on as well um, where we might see Chad Henney in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'm taking the Tampa Bay money line here. I've got some other bets in the game, but I'll, I'll let you uh, dissect the game a little bit. I'm not even sure that I'm needed anymore. I think we'll just hang up, <laughs> hang up the boots now and we'll, we'll just let it go. But yeah, I reckon in all the years that you've done this show, that might be the best summary preview for a single game that you've ever done on this podcast. So uh, very well done. I, I agree with you on a lot of it. I agree with you on a lot of it, especially your point on the Bucks, the, the youthful defensive pillars. And, and I'm on a couple of defensive props with Devin White and Sean Murphy Bunting as well to, to reinforce that. I just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes for, for the results anyway. I, this, this is what the Chiefs have been gearing up for all year. You know, we, we know that they cruised through the first half of the season. This is, this is what they were cruising for to make sure that they got here. But, I also can't take the Chiefs against the spread. They're 8-10 against the spread this season. We know, like I said, they've cruised most of the year, but this Bucks defense is legit. And while I think Mahomes and his cronies do enough to win, I think the Bucks keep it tight and, and run them close. I'm really keen to, to see this matchup between Andy Reid and Bruce Arians, both offensive-minded quarterback whisperers. And it wouldn't surprise me to see that there's, there's a trick play or two called from one or, or even both of them. Think Doug Peters and Frank Reich with the, with the Eagles. So I'm really interested. There's, there's a market available on Sportsbet, I found, the number of players to have a pass attempt. Um, that was uh, The line was two and a half, obviously, both quarterbacks and, yep. and an extra. Um, and that was about – that had been fluctuating all week um, between 270 and $3. And I reckon anywhere around $3 is, is decent. 270 is probably a bit short. But um, yep. as you mentioned, the, the top bowls – Spagnolo tactical matchup on, on defense is also really fascinating that they're each going to try and dial up that pressure on, on top three DVOA offense. And that's going to be really crucial to this game. I know we all know that the Bucks defense is better, but I think we also know that when, when they're clicking, when they're not just cruising and Pat Mahomes isn't playing at 60%, that this chief's offense is incredibly difficult to stop no matter how good you are on defense. Um, Travis Kelsey, I think, is, is the X factor here. I think he's, he's Pat Mahomes' go-to man in the red zone. He's got seven touchdowns in the last six games. He's got 11 on the season. He scored in the Super Bowl last year. I think he'll do it again. Stats Insider has him 13.8% uh, to score the first touchdown. So that's equivalent to $7.35 or so. So the seven fifty yep. plus that you can get. And, and again, like you said at the top of the show, shop around because you can get, you can get good odds on, on these first 
touchdown scorer markets. So if you can get seven fifty plus, then that's that's value. Um, but I'm looking I'm looking at a re- repeat of the twenty seven twenty four scoreline from the regular season in favour of the Chiefs. So I've just got to go Kansas City money line, Tampa Bay plus three and a half, and under fifty six and a half, which I got last night. Even though it's a flat fifty six now, but under fifty six yep. and a half I got last night. So. Yeah, some good, some shrewd shopping from you getting the, the three and a half and the, the 56 and a half um, late so, last sometimes night. Sometimes those, those half a point can make all the difference. Yeah, you'll, you'll see a book sort of move to three and a half and, and lay it out there and see if people are keen to take it. And if they get <laughs> they get smacked <laughs> on it, they move it back immediately. They, they, they float it out there for a little bit. Um, I took Tampa Bay plus three and a half, two when this first opened as well. Um, so yeah, I, I like the, that plus three and a half, but. Um, but for the exercise of the pot, I'm just taking them in the money line because if there is going to be a blowout in this game, it would be the Chiefs if they're going to they're going to win. It could just be a, a shellacking because it was 27-10 late in the fourth quarter um, in this game, and the Bucks the, the, the Chiefs kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. They they tried to get cute at the one la- one yard line. Kelsey tried to throw a touchdown to Mahomes, but. Um, it, it didn't work out, and they settled for a field goal. And then McCall Holdman, he dropped an 89-yard touchdown pass that was wide open. Um, and then, you know, they had a defensive fumble in the red zone. So, you know, the, there's things that happened for the Chiefs. They kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, even if they do get a bit cute at the one-yard line, they probably, they're not, probably not settling for field goals in the Super Bowl. They, they'd probably be going for it. So. Um, it is an interesting one. I, I like. I agree with you on the under. There's some. There's some reports about some weather, um, some mm. thunderstorms, and some rain potentially, and, and I think that helps the Bucks as well because they're a better running team. They're the better run team, and, and I actually, you can get them in a matchup head to head. Most team with the most rushing yards, Tampa Bay at a dollar eighty three. Something I'm looking at. Yeah, um, right. I just think they're a better runner running of the ball. Um, high scoring half. I like the second half at a dollar eighty eight. I, I do think. Um, Historically, Tom Brady and in Super Bowls very quiet in the first uh, first quarter, and uh, I think you, you'll see that you know teams kind of find their feet a little bit, and I think the second half opens up a little bit, especially if a team gets out to a lead and, and you've got sort of a, a comeback. Um, and I like this long shot. I did it in the Packers game, and it didn't quite work out because of that that holding call, but um, or no holding call late in the first half, which put the Bucks in front at the halftime break, but. The long shot, halftime, full time. Kansas City to lead at halftime. Tampa Bay to win at full time at nine dollars. That's going to be my long shot in the, sort of in the main game itself. So um, that's where I'm at with the with with the main plays. Um, what's so you, your exact score predictions? Twenty seven, twenty four. Yep, yep. Going back to the well from the regular season. Yeah, um, I've gone with thirty to twenty seven, which is around that total. Um, but if I'd probably now with the rain, I'd, I'd probably. I'd probably mix it up a little bit, and maybe, and yeah, maybe go twenty four, twenty one, or something like that. But um, I think, I think it's a, it's it's a tight one um, with that total. I think it's just with these two. I mean, is there a better Super Bowl where we've had more explosive weapons on offense than this game? I mean, you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, Edward. Like, there's a lot of high. High, ta- highly drafted, high prospects in this game, and, the, and future is. Hall of Famers. And can you imagine a couple of years ago saying that uh, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are being the Super Bowl, and it's not, uh, it's not the Steelers. Yeah, without the rapist, uh, alleged rapist. <laughs> uh, yeah, be careful with that. Be careful with that. Word. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> thank, thank God. Um, all right. So, 
All right, let's talk Super Bowl MVP. And I, and I like that you touched on um, Kelsey being value at 750 because a lot of people look at these markets and, and look at the favorite and think, oh, that, that's too short or that's too bad. But the thing with the Super Bowl is a lot of people take bigger prices because they, they're looking to cash in, mm. bet little to win big. So a lot of the times the underdog is actually quite um, like an inflated price and the favorites mm. are actually doing okay. And I think, you know, with the MVP, I actually think Mahomes anywhere close to two dollars. Um, I think there is a dollar ninety at some places that you can probably boost it, um, shop around, and, and use any boost you can. Because if you can get Mahomes at two dollars, I think that's the play rather than betting on the Chiefs money line. Because I think if the Chiefs win, I think Mahomes is winning MVP. It'll take a special game from another player for really like even in the offensive weapons. Like even if Kelsey has three touchdowns or, or Tyreek has three touchdowns, if Mahomes is still throwing those touchdowns. So, I mean, I think for me, I'm, I'm taking the Bucks money line around 250. I'm taking Mahomes MVP at $2 and and just sitting back and putting the heads up, hands up. I think it sounds ridiculous, but um, <laughs> I do think Mahomes is still value or close to even money for MVP. And that's that's probably my best bet for MVP, even though I'm on the Bucks. Um, but I, I prefer that in terms of in terms of the short price of the of the dark horses. I've got a couple, but um, it is hard to go past quarterback. 30 of the previous 54 MVPs have been QBs. So um, I see it. If, if the Chiefs win, it'll be Mahomes. If the Bucks win, it'll be more of a team effort, shutting Mahomes down, um, or even though it'll probably just go to Brady anyway because everyone loves Tom Brady. Um, but Devin White, $51 for me is value. He's absolutely value. Shaq Barrett as well going up against Mike Evans at $51 is, is value. But I, I really like Devin White. Linebackers have won it in the past. Malcolm Smith famously, um, you could see a, a Malcolm Smith-like game from Devin White, who's immensely more talented than Malcolm Smith. <laughs> yeah, look, you, you're right. It is. I think Mahomes is the bet, but I'm not sure that it's value unless it's over two dollars. I think if yep. it's even money, it's it's thereabouts. And, and like I said, it's still the bet, but I'm not sure it's it's value. I, I think you're right that if if the Chiefs win, then you know Mahomes is going to win that MVP nine out of ten times. But yeah. You know, you just look at the amount of talent, and there are options, which is why I think that anything under two is too short. Because you know, if Mahomes has a has a big game, that it, it means guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are also having big games, or or someone out of the out of the box, whether it's a, a Hardman or or someone else. Like um, Tyreek Hill is thirteen thirteen dollars for for Super Bowl MVP. If he's if he has another one hundred and fifty plus receiving yards and, and a touchdown, like. The first game against the Bucks, and that thirteen bucks looks pretty tasty. Even if it is Mahomes against him, that that's still overs, I reckon, for for Tyreek. But I, I love that Devin White bet here. He, he's had an amazing season: one hundred and forty tackles, which is fifth in the NFL; ninety-seven solo tackles, which is third in the NFL; nine sacks, which is tied for fourteenth through the regular season. It's that's an amazing, amazing year for for a second year linebacker. Um, uh, yeah. He hasn't he hasn't had any any sacks in the postseason so far. So he's going to be looking at that makeshift offensive line that you mentioned, like just licking his lips. Like, surely I can get to, I can get to Patrick Mahomes here. Um, he does have two fumble recoveries already this postseason, so you know that even when he's not the tackler, he's still thereabouts, and he's going to be putting a ton of pressure on Mahomes and, and those guys. Um, I was massive on Von Miller MVP in, in Super Bowl Fifty. It's one of my top three biggest. NFL single bet wins of all time in mm-hmm. 15 years. I was also on, I was on that as well. Yeah, massive day, <laughs> massive day. 
Uh, I had Broncos. I had Broncos at the line and uh, and Von Miller MVP in a in a multi, and it was uh, amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. this this. This matchup reminds me a little bit of that. I, th- I think it just represents fantastic value for, for Super Bowl MVP. And when you can have some of those out-of-the-box performances just like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like – so, the, the, like I said, Mahomes is the bet, but I think the, the two value ones that I've seen is Tyreek Hill at 13 and uh, Devin White at 51. Yep. Uh, moving on to, to touchdowns, um, you, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. Is, is that the bet for you? Yeah, Travis Kelsey first touchdown, 750. You can get him – Anytime, anytime touchdown, just about a dollar sixty, which I think is, I mean, it's still a bet because you know if you're betting him first touchdown, then you, anytime touchdown yep. is probably a bet too. But it is a it is a bit short to, to play. But um, yeah, you've got something else that, that you like. Yeah, well, you talked about Travis Kelsey's scoring a touchdown. Um, I like Cameron Brait anytime at three seventy five. Um, shop around because he's two seventy five at some books, but I think at three seventy five, I think. He's definitely ramped up his targets and, and the, the amount of routes run compared to Rob Gronkowski, who they're mostly using as a blocker, mm. which is smart because he's an amazing blocker and it's the, the most underrated aspect of his game, um, even even with his uh, you know skill set. Um, do you know what's also funny? Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, same age. That blo- still blows yeah, my right. mind. Because yeah. it feels like Travis Kelsey's got 10 years left and Gronk's got about <laughs> well, two months left. Kelsey's, <laughs> what, he's 31? 31, 32? Yeah, he just doesn't Kelsey, block as enough, so his body's fine. Well, he's, I think he's had a few he's had a few concussions, <laughs> Kelsey. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's, he's got, he signed a four-year contract in the middle of last yeah. year, I think, as well. So yeah, interesting to see, given that concussion history, if he, you know, if they win, yeah, how long does he how long does he keep going? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to keep going until they don't win a Super Bowl, I feel like. But they, they, they've got <laughs> a chance to three-peat, three four-peat. We, we, we could be looking at something special here. Um, but yeah, I like position of first touchdown scorer market at some books. Um, quarterback at thirteen dollars. Um, I do think that one of Mahomes you can get about four twenty five for him and Brady five fifty. Find the end zone in this one. Um, you can get two seventy five for either or. Um, so two seventy five for Mahomes or Brady to score a touchdown is definitely a bet. Mahomes scored the first touchdown last year, um, so they're they're three that I'm looking at. Um, and I do agree with you about Travis Kelsey um, at 750 but yeah I think $13 for, for QB to score first I mean mm. it's 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 more common than than you're not especially if they they're calling DPI where we'll, we'll get we'll get plays run from the 1 yard line yeah, exactly exactly I was just going to say that you can definitely see a couple of scores on on Monday from that 1 yard line whether it's just a, a Brady you know from inches you know, yep. it's, it's definitely a, definitely an option. So well, he's mastered the there. sneak. The, yeah, he's mastered the one-yard sneak. I mean, that's that's definitely something in Tom Brady's game that I will give him all the credit for because he's an amazing sneaker like that. Um, also amazing, also very sneaky off the field. I mean, the flight gate, <laughs> you, know, what, you know, destroying phones, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, but, um, Buying, buying million-dollar boats when his company's getting checks from the government. handouts. Yeah, exactly. Pyramid schemes with TB12 method. Um, you know, it's fine. Um, but yeah, and and Pat Mahomes, you know, passing plays down at down at the like he scrambles. We've seen a, a, a very underrated scramble. So mm. um, yeah. Uh, all right, player props. What have you got for us? Uh, well, yeah, I mentioned Devin White and Sean Murphy bunting earlier. Uh, so I got Devin White over nine and a half tackles and assists, a dollar eighty. 
Uh, Devin White to record a sack, yes, at $3. Sean Murphy bunting over four and a half tackles and assists, $2.10. He's gone over that in seven of his last nine, including the last game against the Chiefs. And an interesting one, will there be a successful two-point conversion? Yes, at $3.35. I think both Andy Reid and Bruce Arians are the type of offensive coach to take that chance and, and have, a, have a go um, when, when given the opportunity. So, um, yeah, like like a couple of things there. Yeah, I like a, a couple. I, I like the defensive ones. Um, that's probably an angle because I feel like a lot of books don't really know much about the defense mm. as opposed to the offense. So there's tackles and things are always a bit all over the place. Um, so there's definitely there's an avenue there that you can pick off. Um, uh, Semi Watkins over 36 and a half receiving yards for me at $1.90. Focus will be on, you know, Tyreek and, and Travis. And that makes sense. I think Watkins, what he did last year in Super Bowl, five catches, 98 yards. I think you could see a similar game there. And I'll take a long shot on him, 100 plus receiving yards at $11. He's a boom or bust player. Um, we've, we've seen Miko Hardman go deep. And I think Watkins can, can also run those routes as well. Um, so I like, I like that. Um, Leonard Fournette overs in receptions and receiving yards over twenty three and a half receiving yards at dollar eighty seven over three and a half receptions at a dollar seventy five. I think he hits both of those. Um, his his targets in the playoffs have been up and up and up and up, and he's been on the field on third down a lot more than Rojo. Um, Shaq Barrett over half a sack at two twenty. Vitavea over half a sack at three ninety five. And I'm, I'm factoring in Brady's luck incorporated here. Harrison Butker to miss a field goal at five dollars. I think Oof. is, especially if it's windy and rainy and bad conditions, five dollars for Harrison Butker to, to miss a field goal is definitely a play for me. Um, so there, there are a few player props that I like. A couple of varying prices, a couple of long shots there. Um, all right, novelty props. Normally I'm like chips in on these, but this year I've just like just done absolutely no research apart from the halftime song and 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 the anthem. But that's pretty much pretty much it for me. Uh, the weekend. First song, I think Pray For Me at 6.50 is the bet. Looking back at the weekend's set list FM, he opens a lot of his shows with Pray For Me. Um, maybe that's predictable, but I feel like 6.50 um, is a pretty decent price. Um, I don't want anything to do with the favourites. Blinding Light should be 101. It's, he's closing with that for sure. Um, so, yeah, I like Pray For Me at 6.50. And then the anthem... Um, everyone backs the over so that inherently there's always value on the under um, or, the, or the time gets moved um, to factor in the over bets. So I'm taking the under, uh, under 118 and a half seconds. So we've got, we've got a head-to-head. Head. We've got a head-to-head. Head. Oh, really? Beautiful. Yeah. Finally yeah. got one. Yeah, yeah. Not much else this week. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, this this is one that I have done a bit of research in because I, in a former life I, I was a musician, although not a singer, not a vocalist. But singers Ooh. do tend to – overdo their timing and their phrasing when they're seeing duets uh, because they're, mm-hmm. they're competing with each other. In this case, we've got mm-hmm. an R&B singer with a country singer, two very different but both really soulful and, and historically slower genres of music, especially in live performances. Um, we're going to see them harmonise together. They're going to hold on to some of those longer words and notes at the end of phrases, some little trills, you know, the little R&B trills that, that Beyonce loves to do. I'm um, going to see some of those at the end of the sentence spots for, for dramatic effect. Um Jasmine Sullivan, who I, I don't know a lot about, I'll be honest, but she sung the anthem on her own at two major sporting events previously. One was the NHL Stadium Series, and she sung at a 76ers NBA game. 
and I, I watched a few of those videos and she's looked like she's rushed through it each time. And she's averaged about 108 seconds. Eric Church, I also don't know a whole lot about, but he's a guitarist. So if he chooses to, to have a little guitar break or, or a bridge, that also extends the length of the song by, by 5, 10, 15 seconds even. So I think we'll see a slower, more dramatic version of the anthem than what we've seen from Jasmine Sullivan before. Um, just being a duet, being with a country singer who's also a guitarist, and Super Bowl is, is a bigger day. It's a far more dramatic moment than, you know, the NHL or, or, an, or an NBA game. So I, I, I'm going the over. Okay. Well, head-to-head, head, I feel like... <laughs> If people are listening, please take go with Nick. I mean, he he's done way more research than my, myself. Um, and I will so, probably uh, be very, very wrong, but yeah, I'm going to yeah. stick by it. Yeah, and I can't wait for uh, the weekend to open with blinding lights. Now that I said it's, <laughs> it should be one hundred and one dollars. Um, and any post post anthem, post halftime show bets for you? Oh, uh, I've gone the the old Gatorade bet. I've gone with red just because it's the color of both of the teams. I think there'll be a, an abundance mm. of red Gatorade in the stadium, and uh, I think that's probably the most likely. At four dollars, there's some value there. Yeah, Kansas City was orange last year, but yeah, I don't know if they go run back the same color. But we'll have to keep an eye on it. If, it, if it's orange again, then yeah, exactly. They could stick to the the formula. All right, well, that wraps up all of our uh, Super Bowl 55 coverage and and, and uh, analysis and prop bets and player props and touchdowns and all that. Um, lock of the week, I feel like Tampa Bay plus three and a half might be the lock for us. Yep. Um, we advocate, you know, you want to buy the extra hook, do it, but don't go don't go too crazy. If it's under a dollar eighty, just take the plus three. Um, but yeah, I think Tampa Bay plus three and a half is is the lock here in the Super Bowl, both betting against Patrick Mahomes. Um, it seems fucking crazy, but um, <laughs> that's where we're at here in, in 2021 after a, a long, long, long season. Um, but just to summarise, Tampa Bay, our lock of the week. Our head-to-head is on the anthem. <laughs> Nick's going Sorry. over 118 and a half seconds. I'm going under. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> um, and then my best bets here, I've got three best bets and, and four long shots. Um, I've got Tampa Bay plus three and a half, obviously, or plus three. Um, I also don't mind the money line, to be honest, as well. Um, and I like Sammy Watkins over 36 and a half receiving yards, highest scoring half being the second half, all of those around even money odds. Uh, long shot, Cameron Brake, anytime touchdown at 375. Sammy Watkins, 100 plus receiving yards at $11. Um, my long shot three is a part A and a part B. It'll, I'll split split this. Devin White at $51, Super Bowl MVP. Shaq Barrett, Super Bowl MVP at $51. And then my last long shot is betting on Tom Brady's luck. Um, and that's Harrison Butker to miss a field goal at uh, $5. And then my yeah. best bets and long shots for, for the season. For the Super I mean, Bowl. What, a way, what a way to finish. What a way to finish. Yeah, yeah I've, it's <laughs> gone similar. I've gone, gone Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Like you said, if you can get that extra that extra hook, then then grab it. But just be wary of, of the diminishing value every time you take another half a point. Um, yep. Devin White over nine and a half tackles and assists and total points under 56 and a half, all at that $1.90 kind of mark. Um, long shot number one, Devin White to record a sack, $3. Um, a successful two-point conversion from either team. Yes, $3.35. Travis Kelsey, first touchdown, $7.50. And just a little same-game multi, Kansas City money line into Tampa Bay, plus 3.5, and under 56.5 at $14.75. 
same game multi. And also little plays on Devin White and Tyreek Hill at, at Super Bowl MVP. Yep. It's worth noting as well for the lock of the week, uh, Stats Insider is a uh, massive 8% difference, green smiley face. So all three of us Huge. on the same page. Huge. And, so, and we know how good that that uh, model is on, on NFL lines. So and, and on Tampa Bay, famously picked the Ryan Patrick Bucks to upset the Saints uh, a couple of seasons ago So true. to open the season. So there we are. All right. Well, um, that wraps up our Super Bowl preview, best bets and, and everything. And it's, probably puts a nice little neat bow on our uh, on our 2020 season. Um, I'm not sure. I always say, oh, we can do a post-Super Bowl, but I guess once the Super Bowl's <laughs> over, I'm just pretty much ready to crack open a beer and relax and enjoy the off-season. So, um, it's a bit like that. We've been talking yeah. for a while about doing a kind of a season wrap, but uh, I think we talked about doing it last year and the year before as well, and we never got around to doing it until yeah. all of a sudden we had to rush for a season preview. So, yeah, yep. we'll, see. we'll just see what happens. Yep. All right, mate. Non, we'll be very thanks. non-committal. Yes, it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure to do this season with you, Nick. It's been a it's been a fun iteration of the Punt Return podcast in its in its short history, but uh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's been an interesting season, but it has been fun. Been, uh, enjoyed doing it this year with you again. So um, yep. yeah, we'll we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, see what the future holds. And to all those listeners that have tuned in each and every week and, and have sent us tweets and, and shared the podcast and, and listened and, and interacted with us, a big thank you to that. And I hope uh, I hope you all enjoy the Super Bowl and have the day off. Enjoy some wings, some pizza, some, some Budweiser or some, some beer and, and, and have a great day. Yeah.